It's Friday, November 27th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Black Friday is here, and it's all about getting those deals. Most people will be doing their shopping online, so you better get that refresh finger ready. Some of the hot items people are trying to track down are the new PS5 and Xbox consoles, but good luck with that. Mark Saltzman, tech columnist and host of the Tech It Out podcast, joins us for this and some apps that could help you get the best deal in town. Next, looking forward to Christmas and trying to get in some of those traditional experiences, how will your visit to Santa be different during the pandemic? Some retailers are canceling Santa visits and opting for a virtual meetup. Others are doing in-person visits where Santa could be protected inside a giant snow globe or barricaded behind an eight-foot picture frame. Abba Batarai, national retail reporter for The Washington Post, joins us for how your Santa visit won't be the same. Finally, it has been referred to by some as the zombie deer disease. Chronic wasting disease affects the brains of deer, elk, and similar animals, leaving them listless, drooling, and eventually dead. But a study is underway now in Yellowstone National Park that is exploring the idea of using wolves as the first line of defense against the disease. Jim Robbins, science writer at the New York Times, joins us for how the predator cleansing effect could help fight this terrible disease. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. If you've got a favorite store to shop at or you're open to looking around and you're comfortable with shopping online, you're going to find some great deals this year. Joining us now is Mark Saltzman, tech columnist at USA Today and host of the Tech It Out podcast. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Oh, my pleasure. Great to chat with you again. It's Black Friday and, uh, you know, things have changed a lot because of the pandemic. First of all, you know, things usually start on Black Friday, maybe a day or two before. Now, I mean, deals have been going on for like a week already, maybe a little longer. And the holiday shopping season is just going to be extended all the way through the end of the holidays. Mark, I wanted to talk about some cool apps that can help you find deals. But let's talk real quick about how the pandemic has changed everything. I mean, before a lot of people would go out to the stores and wait in line, a lot of people would obviously shop online, but most people are just going to be sticking to their computers and it's all about who can refresh faster to get some of these big deals. <laughs> forget Black Friday. It's more like Cyber Friday and forget just this weekend. I would say it started with the Amazon Prime Day like a month and a half ago or so and leading all the way up to the holidays and even past it. So no doubt that retailers, many of them are also feeling the pinch, maybe not the big guys like Amazon, but they want to sell. So they are discounting their tech and other items and consumers. Us, we want to save this year more than ever, trying to stretch our dollar because of what's been going on. So there are some deals to be had. It does help if you have an app or a website that helps you along the way you know, where they're devoted solely to helping you find the best deal. And we can cover a couple of my favorites. But yeah, if you've got a favorite store to shop at or you're open to looking around and you're comfortable with shopping online, you're going to find some great deals this year. Let's start off by talking about some of the most sought after products this time around. And that's going to be a new Xbox Series X or the PS5. <laughs> On their respective launch days, things were selling out right away. I know GameStop said they're going to have some units in stock in store, a minimum of two of each, but those things are going to go so fast. These are like some of the hottest things that people can try to get this time around. I would say both the PS5 and maybe to a slightly lesser extent, the Xbox Series X are the must have, like that's the hot ticket. If you can find one, kudos. And if you do yeah. find one, people are flipping it on eBay and uh, taking advantage of the supply and demand thing and charging, you know, well over a grand for these. So look, if you can find one, then you're lucky. And I don't know if it's the pandemic because we're 
cooped up at home. We're kind of like quarantining here and video games are going to help not just to keep you entertained, but also to keep you in touch with your friends you know, as we all chat. In fact, you may not know that the new PS5 controller, the DualSense controller, as it's called, has a built-in microphone now. So you don't even have to buy a separate headset. You can actually chat through the controller itself as it has a microphone and a speaker. So yeah, these are the hot ones to get. So if you're finding everywhere is is sold out, as the old adage says, the early bird gets the worm. If you call your local retailer, your local Walmart or what have you, and you keep hounding them and you keep uh, pushing and talking to people, someone's going to say eventually, yeah, we're getting, hey, we're getting three more in today at six or whatever. So you may have to do it in person, you know, while practicing social distancing, or maybe you'll get some luck online if you can find one. Mark, every year you put out a list of some very helpful apps that can get you through the shopping season. Can you run down a few of those for us, please? Yeah, a couple. All of these ones, by the way, are apps, websites, and browser extensions. So you install it once and they'll keep an eye on where you're shopping and apply coupons and and other deals at the checkout time. So one of my favorites is Slick Deals. This is a community-based site that is like the world's largest community of deal hunters, like 12 million members. And what happens is someone will post a deal they found, like, hey, I found a 75-inch Samsung TV for $1,100 at this retailer. And then others vote on that. They do their own homework and it's kind of like safety in numbers and they vet this deal and it gets voted upon and maybe lands on the on the homepage. So this is a great site for whatever you're buying. And again, that browser extension, which works with Chrome, Edge and Firefox, will also keep a lookout for you. So Slick Deals is great. It's kind of like a huge bulletin board where people are sharing the deals that they found. I'm on it right now and I'm seeing like a, an Apple Watch at Walmart for $80 off, $169 for the Series 3. And it tells you when the deal starts and what website to go to, and people can give it thumbs up and all that. Another great site is Flip, F-L-I-P-P. This is more about retail shopping. And this is an app that you have on your phone that aggregates all of those circulars that you get, all those ads that usually paper in your in our house, it's every Thursday, wrapped up in a big, you know, elastic band kind of thing. And it's like, instead of doing that and getting newsprint on your hands, it's all digitized in one place. It'll call out the best deals per store. You can, of course, search for something that you want to buy. You can share those deals. You can apply coupons. It holds your loyalty and rewards cards. So Flip is a great retail app to have on your phone. And then one more is uh, Rakuten. It used to be called Ebates. This is where you get money back on your purchases. So when you're shopping at a retailer, you know you start at the Rakuten website or you start at the app. And then they share back that sort of commission that they would get, you know, that referral commission. They share some of that back to you. So every three months, you can get a PayPal deposit or a check based on percentage of what you're shopping. And there's over like 2,500 retailers that are on board. So it's going to vary between stores. But they're saying this time of year, it could be up to 40% of what you're shopping. But that's on the high end. Mark Saltzman, tech columnist at USA Today, host of the Tech It Out podcast. You can find more from him at Mark (laughs) underscore Saltzman on Twitter. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All the best. Happy holidays. There are sleighs that are extra long, so the children will sit on one side and Santa's at the other. One of my other favorite ones, Cowboy Kringle in (laughs) Texas, wears red leather chaps and a cowboy hat and then has a kid sit on a saddle that's six feet away. Joining us now is Abba Batarai, national retail reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us, Abba. Thanks so much for having me. With Thanksgiving behind us now, everybody's turning to the next set of holidays, Christmas and New Year's. But one of the traditions that comes every Christmas season is going to the mall, going to other places and seeing Santa Claus, waiting in line with the kids, having the pictures taken the whole nine 
but because of the pandemic, obviously things are different this year. A lot of retailers, such as Macy's is a huge one, is not doing in-person visits. They're doing online visits. But a lot of other places still are trying to do in-person visits with a lot of modifications. I think my favorite one is putting Santa in a snow globe, but there's a lot of different things. So, uh, but uh, walk us through this. What's changing this year? So it turns out that this has been a puzzle that malls and retailers and all types of venues have been dealing with for the last several months, trying to figure out exactly how to get Santa and his wonderland into their malls and their stores, but to keep Santa safe and to keep the children and families around him safe. So we're seeing all sorts of different ideas. The one that you mentioned is also my favorite, the acrylic snow globe. So it looks like Santa is trapped inside this winter wonderland and you can oppose for pictures from outside. There are all sorts of other ones too. They're like huge picture frames. So it looks like Santa's, you know, there's a portrait of Santa that you're standing in front of. There are sleighs that are extra long. So the children will sit on one side and Santa's at the other. One of my other favorite ones, Cowboy Kringle in <laughs> yes. Texas wears red leather chaps and a cowboy hat and then has a kid sit on a saddle that's six feet away. So all sorts of creative, different atmospheres, environments that companies are coming up with. Yeah. And, you know, if you get the angle right on a lot of these pictures, it's obviously going to look like Santa's like, you know, right behind you, right next to you. So you can make it work. Most of the places that are doing these, obviously, a lot of them are requiring reservations, masks, obviously, before you get to take the picture and all temperature checks. So They are going through all of the steps that they need to do, but people more than ever want to still hold on to these traditional experiences because the pandemic has kind of upended life everywhere, really. So it's been uh, really important to a lot of people, to the retailers themselves, because it usually brings in businesses, to the Santas themselves, because they rely on this for work at the end of the year, too. Exactly. And that's what I kept hearing over and over is that everybody just wanted a sense of normalcy. They have to give up so much this year. And that Santa visit really kind of is this long held tradition that they don't want to give up. And what you mentioned about Santas is really interesting as well and important that a lot of these Santas know that they're high risk for COVID. Many of them are sitting out the year entirely or just doing Zoom calls. But the ones that are working, you know, say that they really rely on this money. They maybe are just living on Social Security checks. And so making a few hundred dollars a day during the holiday season goes a long way. And so that's why they're taking all of these precautions and continuing to show up. Some of the companies that book Santa's say that they're looking at declines of 40 to 65 percent. So that it is a pretty big drop. And you mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of them doing some kind of uh, virtual visits. I think that's what Macy's kind of shifted off to. But tell us a little bit about some of the ones that are doing it. I guess Bass Pro Shops has already started some of them, and they're seeing huge success there. And a couple of other big retailers are still doing it. Bass Pro Shops is a huge one that's doing it around the country. And they had nearly 100,000 visitors the first week that they had Santa in their stores. So they're one of the ones that requires online reservations this year. They require that everybody gets a temperature check. And they also have elves that are doubling as Santa's sanitation squad. So they're wiping down all the surfaces. And in addition, Santa is often wearing a face shield. And so if you look closely in the photos, you'll see sort of this glossy (laughs) layer over Santa's face. But it's a face shield so that you can still see the face and the beard, but there's right. another layer between him and the children. I'll have to look a little closer. I did look up a bunch of pictures just to kind of get the sense of it. I didn't really notice a face shield, so I'll have to go back and check that out. I did want to get back a little bit to that snow globe idea, because I think just as everybody has to kind of make these adjustments and, and think about safety, I think that's a perfect one because it's such a picturesque thing already. You know, you see snow globes all over the place with sand inside of them. So why not the life-size version? 
But the person who kind of designed at least one of the main ones, uh, Catherine Burgess out of Richmond, she said she spent $10,000 manufacturing that thing. She's a Richmond-based photographer who every holiday season relies on these Santa portraits to make money, basically. And she does hundreds or thousands of these every year. And she said this summer she was in the shower thinking, well, what am I going to do? Like, am I just not going to do Santa portraits this year? How can I make it safe? And that's when she came up with the snow globe idea. So she invested about $10,000 to get these prototypes. And she has three or four different types of acrylic snow globes and pop-up tents that all kind of look like acceptable ways to protect Santa, and she's sold about 50 of them around the country to different malls and hospitals, schools, so they are being used. Abba Batarai, National Retail Reporter at The Washington Post, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much. Wolves are cursorial predators, which means they run after their prey, say, a herd of elk or a herd of deer, and they force them to run, and they can study which ones then seem to be lagging behind or can't keep up with the rest, and they'll take those out. Joining us now is Jim Robbins, science writer at the New York Times. Thanks for joining us, Jim. You're welcome. I wanted to talk about some uh, interesting developments in chronic wasting disease. We've been hearing about this for some years now. It's been going around, I, I guess, since the 1980s is when they first discovered it, but This is the disease that people were calling it the zombie deer disease for the way it affects deer and other animals like that. But basically right now at Yellowstone National Park, they're trying out some new programs on to see to see if wolves could help maybe limit the spread of this disease. Jim, start us off by telling us what chronic wasting disease is and then what their plan is with these wolves. It's neither a bacteria or a virus, which is what we're most used to. It's something called a prion misfolded protein, and a very unusual, some people call it the disease from outer space, some experts, because it's so weird. It lives forever, almost in soil and vegetation. And when it gets into animals, it causes wasting away. It causes the brain to deteriorate and then a a loss of motor skills and function. That's why they call it zombie deer disease. It also gets into mad cow disease. There was an outbreak in the 90s. Same thing. Only cattle had it instead of wild animals. And it's really taken off in the United States. It's in 26 states, in deer and elk and uh, moose. And it is coming to the West. We didn't have it in Montana, here where I live, until about three years ago. And now it's found in a lot of places in Montana. So there's hope that wolves will somehow be able to head this disease off. So what is the plan that they're looking at with the wolves? It's kind of a a thing called the predator cleansing effect, that they're hoping that the wolves can get there and maybe pick off the weakest ones, the ones theoretically that might have this disease, and limit that spread. First off, when it's obvious that an animal is coming down with chronic wasting disease and it starts to stumble and fall behind and the rest of the herd and so on, that wolves will see that and take those animals out because they, you know, are famous for taking the weak and the sick and maintaining herd health. And they hope that this proves to be the case with the study that they're doing, that these animals that are weak will be the ones that the wolves focus on. And wolves are cursorial predators, which means they run after their prey, say a herd of elk or a herd of deer, 
and they force them to run, and they can study which ones then seem to be lagging behind or can't keep up with the rest, and they'll take those out as part of their strategy, their hunting strategy. But there is also a belief or possibility that even before this can be seen by wolves, that they smell it in the deer or they smell it in the elk. And so they're getting onto these animals very early in the process, right after perhaps they come down with chronic wasting disease. And so they're testing whether this famous maxim that wolves take the sick and the weak and keep the herd healthy is really true. And they're testing it in Yellowstone, which is probably the perfect place because Yellowstone is, is a great place for natural experiments because there's very little interference from people. There was, a, I guess, a few problems with using this uh, method, though. Uh, you would need like a ton of wolves to actually go throughout the area to really try to control this. So I guess they were saying maybe this could be a problem with hunters, you know, a lot of competition, things like that. How does that play out? It's really kind of an unknown at this point. I think that this is a preliminary study that they're doing, and it will help us figure out how we might best use wolves outside of a place like Yellowstone to keep disease to a minimum or to eliminate it. I mean, essentially what wolves might be doing, and I say might because it's still early in this process, is protecting people from chronic wasting disease because it's taking the disease out of the population. But there's a long way to go before we understand or know that, but it certainly fits with what we think of about wolves and how they do maintain a kind of natural order because they are top of the food chain predators. As far as you mentioned that uh, wolves don't get this disease, that, that's what they think. That's, that's what scientists think. But that's not a settled science yet. That's still a bit up in the air as to whether wolves might come down with this. And what they also might do is they might scatter it around you know, through their waste because if they get sick, they could just take it elsewhere. So there's still some questions to answer about all this. But again, Yellowstone is a perfect laboratory for this kind of a thing. And it's interesting, though, because, you know, you need these predators, from my understanding, too, in reading your article, that's part of the problem that they think and how this chronic wasting disease was spreading because there maybe weren't enough predators and scavengers to kind of clean up the meat and things like that. So you need this delicate ecosystem to be working so that you can take out that infected part of it and it doesn't keep spreading. That's right. They call the full suite of predators the Predator Guild. So it's wolves and coyotes and bears, grizzly bears and Yellowstone, black bears as well. And uh, even things like ravens, which are scavengers and turkey vultures. So when you have this full complement of predators and scavengers, it cleans up the waste. So the wolves will knock down an elk and eat as much as they can, and the rest of the crew comes in, and pretty soon there's nothing left. And in fact, one of the reasons they think that chronic wasting disease took off is because there weren't any predators in Colorado where some sheep may have. This disease is seen in sheep and going back centuries, a couple, three centuries. It's called scrapies in sheep. How it got from sheep into cervids, uh, which elk and deer are cervids, we don't know. But it may be that dead sheep on the ground got munched on by elk or deer and it passed into those species and went into wildlife in general from there. So predators are the natural order of things. We need them. Scavengers are the natural order. They are the cleanup crew. And that's another lesson we're learning from Yellowstone. Hopefully this disease will be part of that cleanup. Yeah, I mean, super interesting stuff. And yeah, we'll see if the wolves can make a difference there. Jim Robbins, science writer at the New York Times. Thank you very much for joining us. All right. You're welcome. That's it for this week. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. 
Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.